Welcome to the Whalen Rat Detectives Podcast, Episode 2, A Case of Pirate Ancestors. You're listening to Part 1 of this episode. We hope you enjoy it. You gotta call Whalen Rat Detective Agency. They'll know where it's at, whatever you're looking for. Call Whalen Rat, call Whalen Rat. You gotta call Whalen Rat. Well, folks, welcome back to Grand Banyan Island for another exciting episode of Whalen Rat Detectives. Our boys have been continuing to hone their sleuthing skills and are ready to dive into their next adventure called Pirate Ancestors, or The Early Bird Gets the Wormhole. Let's listen in and find out what's going on. And as always, I will let you know when to put your 3D glasses on. Good morning, fellas. I understand we have an appointment to meet with a gentleman who thinks he has pirate ancestors right here in our little island. Is that correct, Stan? Good morning to you, Jacques. Why, yes, I spoke to one Colin Crusscaker this morning. He'd like to meet with us at 11am today. Apparently, he's related to the infamous local pirate hero, Black-Eyed Barnacle John Paul Lafitte, or so he claims. Seems like a bit of a stretch to me, but I'll leave that to you boys to sort out. Maybe we can help him. Lafitte? There's no better, better, bolder, or more brazen pirate that the world has ever known. Why, he's more of a local legend than you are, Skip. Now calm down there, Miko. Of course he's more of a legend than me. Not that I'm unknown around these parts, but Barnacle Jean-Paul Lafitte, or Jean-Paul to his friends, is or was a very big deal and left his mark on global pirate history. Yeah, and with a name like Jean-Paul, he could have been his own Jean-Paul George and Ringo pirate band. Get it, Skip? John Paul? That's not even worth getting, Amico. Stop interrupting me, will ya? Lafitte's legacy lives on in the Open Seas Hall of Infamy to this day. Legend has it that he buried treasures from his various plunders in several locations on the local islands. But he was notorious for raiding ships in these waters and stashing his newly found loot in heretofore undisclosed locations. Gee, Skip, we could be sitting on a gold mine right here in our own little office. Imagine that. Bags full of gold doubloons and solid silver candelabras and gold ringos. <laughs> Let's start digging. Man, priceless artifacts from all over the... All right there, little buddy. You're letting your imagination run wild and get the best of you. Once again, the most likely scenario is that we're sitting over tons of sand. But you never know. We need to talk to Mr. Crustcaker and listen to what he has to say. Stan, what else do you know about this case? Well, Jacques, apparently Mr. Crusscaker has done some extensive research into his family history. He's spoken to many relatives and friends of relatives and relatives of friends, and he's arrived at the conclusion that he is a distant relative of this famous pirate. He also believes that there's another relative living on our little island that may know the whereabouts of some buried swag. Swag? Hey, Stan, what is swag? Sounds like something the cat dragged in, or something disgusting that washed up on the beach, like dead octopus guts. Swag, my little friend, is slang for something which has been stolen by a burglar, thief, or, wait for it, a pirate. 
Wow. I say we cut down our fee for Mr. Crustcaker and ask for a percentage of the bounty we recover for him. We could end up being filthy rich. Why, I could get that Alpha 4600 rowboat I always dreamed of. The one with the built-in cup holders and dual glow-in-the-dark racing stripes and color-coordinated ultra-suede life jackets. That little cruiser could be a swell babe magnet. There you go again, amigo. One step at a time, my little friend. Don't worry, someday you'll get your fancy boat and you can sail off into the glorious Grand Banyan sunset with any mermaid who'll have you. But till then, just try to stay in the present moment and be patient. Yeah? Right. Thanks for that, Skip. I mean, Zen Master Skip. I know I'm in the present moment now. Wait, I mean now. And I feel excited about this pirate case, because like Stan said, we haven't seen pirates around here since forever. <laughs> okay then, partner. Or should I say my little Zen grasshopper? By the way, I noticed there were a few calls from people who said their homes were broken into and all their cash and jewelry were missing. Stan, do you know anything about this? Yes, I did get that report, Jacques. The burgled homes were all located close to Pirate Cove on the east side. That's usually a very safe area. Man, I wonder who the nasty thief is. That's our poor islander's life savings we're talking about. Who's taking all the money? Who's taking all the money? That is a good question, Miko. And we'll have to check into that when we get a chance. As the island's whale and rap detective agency, we need to bring our sleuthing skills to bear on these sorts of community-wide problems. But right now, we have a busy day coming up, gentlemen. Okay, boss. So I'm in the present moment now, right? And this moment calls for a big breakfast. Why don't we grab some morning grub before our client meeting back here? Well, good staying in the moment, amigo. That's a great suggestion. Let's head down to the BBBB, shall we? Yeah, the Beach Bonanza breakfast bar for some delicious BBB bagels. I am feeling a bit peckish, Shark. Except, think I'll have an English muffin. Well, suit yourself then, Stan. Oh, Stan, would you mind filling Magda in on the details of our new pirate ancestor's case? You remember rule number 33 in our whale and rat detective's best practices manual, don't you? Yes, Shark. Rule 33, paragraph B, as it pertains to Magda the Sea Witch, our associate and consultant on all things supernatural. She's Magda! It states, always keep Magda in the case loop because you just never know. Correct. And thank you, Stan. You're welcome, Jack. I'll let her know. Best to be safe, in case, you know... Why don't we just leave it at that, okay, Stan? Right. It seems like only yesterday when our new agency's bylaws were drawn up special for us by our trusted lawyer and friend, Rufus K. Barryman. That was some day, wasn't it? Well, it actually was yesterday, Skip, when Rufus came by to draw up our bylaws. I think you might be staying in the wrong moment, boss. <laughs> oh, I think you're right, amigo. That was yesterday. And, as I recall, Skip, I don't think Rufus gave us the friends and family discount rate he promised, did he? No good, buddy. But that was because of all your yakking and wisecracking you ran out the clock on any legal discounts he might have given. Remember that? Oh, yeah. But experience has shown us that Rufus was quite wise to add in that Rule 33 clause about Magda, wouldn't he? So true, Stan. That's a best practice we should have employed from day one. Yeah, yeah, but you guys are forgetting my personal best practices. Rule number one. Stop everything when it's time to eat. All right, amigo. It's settled then. Time to get some detective nourishment. Let's go, fellas. Jacques, Stan, and Amico head out for a quick bite. They hope to get their thoughts together for the upcoming meeting. 
they stop at the Beach Bonanza Breakfast Bar down near the local dock. Coffee and bagels are the order of the day, and they all enjoy a quick bite. Meanwhile, Colin Crustcaker, who arrived on Grand Banyan yesterday, is making his way to the Whalen Rat office. The boys return and find him waiting for them. Let's listen in on their conversation. Ah, Mr. Crustcaker, welcome to our little island paradise. I hope you had a pleasant journey. Aye, it was a lovely trip, sir. It's a long journey from East Pitterpat, Ohio, but I'm glad I'm finally here. I did have a two-day layover on Marietta Island. I needed an emergency root canal when I landed there, and luckily, I was able to find a local veterinarian who could do the procedure for me. You went to a vet? No dentists on that crazy little island. This guy had a big bag of tools and some pretty amazing drugs. Gee whiz. They're normally for horses, mind you, but they fixed me up in no time with no pain at all. Why, I still can't feel my tongue, the right side of my face, or either of my big hoofs. I mean, toes. Is that why you're talking kind of funny? Amico. And by funny, I mean you don't sound like you're from Ohio. Amico, where are your manners? Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Crustcaker. If you don't mind, please give us some background on what brought you here. And never mind my annoying associate. Do tell us, how can we help? And not to be nosy, but I noticed you have quite a wad of cash in your pocket. You may want to stash some of that in our safe here in the office. It's not a good idea to be flashing that much dough around town. We just heard that there was a local thief on the loose. It always pays to be safe with your money. Much obliged, sir. I may take you up on that. But first of all, please... Call me Colin. Let's keep this informal if you don't mind. <clears throat> right, so, it all started about a year ago when I signed up with an online ancestry group called Is There a Pirate in Your Past? It's something I never really gave much thought to, but nevertheless, I found it quite intriguing. $1,200 and hours of research and investigation later, here I am, ready to face my pirate heritage head-on and hopefully walk away with a bountiful bit of pirate plunder. Let me stop you right there, Mr. Crustcaker. Er, Colin. We're all very interested to hear your story of pirates, booties, and far-flung dodgy relatives. But first, I have to ask you, why us? What brought you to the Whale and Rat Detectives? A reasonable question, Mr. Whaler. Colin, please call me Jacques. Informality goes both ways, and it's the only currency we deal in here. So please, continue. Jacques, right. Yes, it's very interesting that I ended up here on Grand Banyan Island in your small office. By the way, your office is permeated by the beautiful smell of the sea. Is that your own personal line of air freshener, or is it authentic sea fragrance? <laughs> well, yes, we call it eau de jellyfish, imported from the south of France for only $90 a bottle. How many bottles would you like, Colin? We'll make you a deal you can't refuse. Knock it off, Abiko. I'm sure we can come up with an easy payment plan for you. Uh, please ignore my enterprising little partner there, Colin. He's just joking about trying to make a quick buck. Actually, the fine sea fragrance emanates from our constantly replenished little shiny pail of local jellyfish. They are a rare breed and cherished throughout this island. We just happen to know the best place to find them. They've brought us great joy. Very interesting, that. Anyway, back to your question, Jacques. Why am I here at Whale and Rat? Through my extensive research, I found that a woman by the name of Yolanda Rolanda Crustcaker Finch lives here on Grand Banyan. 
she appears to be a direct descendant of the pirate Jean-Paul Lafitte. By my calculations, she is 93 years old and lives in the sporadic hills area of this lovely island. Sporadic hills? The road to get up there is the most dangerous one on the island. Curves and swerves and steep drops that will set your nerves and your hair on fire. Even the mountain goats don't like it. Well, I would like to visit old Yolanda and ask her a few questions about Lafitte. See what she knows. Have you heard of this woman? Sadly, no, Colin. Can't say that I have. Although anyone living in those parts would be pretty much unknown to the rest of us islanders here. Why, to get to that road Amico's talking about, you have to sail halfway around the island and dock your boat at the old landing in Sprocket Bay. I haven't been over there in years. There are very few sailors who can navigate the tricky waters to get to that spot. The water currents can really cause some problems in that area. We've done it a few times, but I wouldn't recommend it for the average sailor. Bingo, my friends. You lads are perfect then. Actually, we prefer backgammon if you don't mind there, Colin. We might be perfect at that. Want me to get my board? Amico, you're missing the point, as usual. Please let the man talk. Right, Chief. When I heard that the whale and rat detectives were also first-class sailors, I thought, this is the perfect combination. Detectives who can help me find Yolanda and then bury treasures. A match made in heaven. Seasoned sailors are just what I'm looking for. So, are you sailing sleuths up for this adventure? I'm sure we can slam a deal together that will be very profitable for all involved. Well, Colin, profitable is my middle name. Or at least it was until I changed it to Renault. Oh, boy. The island ladies found it to be irresistible. You know, I was going to change it from profitable to comfortable. That's how I feel when I'm napping in my hammock. Amiko, would you go empty the wastebaskets and take out the office trash? Go slowly now. I'm trying to communicate with Colin here, and you're making it very difficult. No worries there, Jacques. I'm not bothered. Well, I appreciate your understanding, Colin. But just to say, I know we can handle this case for you. It would be our pleasure to assist. Why don't I draw up a contract, and we'll meet back here later this afternoon to finish up the details and plot our course to the sporadic hills. Perfect, lads. Now, I understand that you're also somewhat of a local legend around here. I read something about Jacques the Whaler and the Great Ocean Compromise. So, before we move forward with our arrangement, would you mind filling me in on your story? I would love to hear the details. I always like to know the background of the people that I'm working with. Doing your due diligence, eh, Colin? Why, I'd be happy to fill you in on the legend that is my partner, Jacques the Whaler. It all started many years ago, when... Amico, I believe the man asked me about my background. Do you mind? Oh, sorry, Skip. Be my guest. I'll just empty the wastebaskets and put fresh ale in the jellyfish pail. Uh, did the wee fellow just say ale in the jellyfish pail? Well, Colin, that's a whole nother story for another day. It's explained in our whale and rat theme song. Anyway, I started out as a local commercial fisherman many years ago. I sailed my boat, the lazy tuna, around these waters for years. Amico has been my trusty deckhand for most of those years. We made a mighty good living together, fish were plentiful, and everyone was happy, until a pod of killer whales started migrating to our area. They came here and they never left. Those whales would eat a huge amount of our fish. The ones they didn't eat were scared away. So our fishing days appeared to be numbered. It was then Amico and I decided we had to do something about this for our own good and for the good of our island fishing community. Our only hope was to go after the leader of this whale pod and send him to the bottom of the sea. 
Hopefully, if we could do this, our thinking was the rest of the pot would head off the other waters and leave our precious sea life alone. Yeah, we decided to name this whale demon Old Joe after the watchdog we kept in our office. Actually, that was a pretty stupid idea now that I think about it. Made no sense. All right, amigo. Anyway, the day we decided to go after Old Joe, it started out as a real beauty. The sun was shining without a cloud in the sky. We sailed out to Big Brine Bay and immediately struck a course due east, where the pod had last been seen. But before we reached him, the weather turned real ugly in a hurry. Amico was manning the wheel, and I was up in the crow's nest with my binoculars, watching for Old Joe to surface. Suddenly, a huge waterspout blows straight up at least 150 feet into the air. It was him. I lunged down the ladder, grabbed my huge custom-made harpoon which I had dosed with a heavy coating of strychnine, guaranteed to send any whale to a watery grave. I yelled instructions to Amico, guiding him toward the diving monster. He handled our boat like a master captain. Hold your course, I said. We're almost on top of the beast. The rain was dumping buckets of water on my head, and the wind was tossing our boat like it was light as a feather. The worst storm we'd ever seen, and now we had to take down old Joe. Holy crow, I told Amico. Buckle up, cause here we go. Jack, you're intriguing me now. Please, go on. Well, I took my first harpoon shot at the beast and missed him by a few inches. He looked back at me and sneered like he was invincible. That got my blood a-boiling. I knew this would be a battle to the end. It was him or me. Tonight, the winner would be decided. I pulled on the steel-reinforced rope to drag my harpoon back onto the lazy tuna. Old Joe disappeared by the time it was in my hand again. Then, all of a sudden, he appeared right in front of me, as if he wanted to leap up and pluck me right off my bobbing ship. His huge head came out of the water and came up to the level of the deck. I reared back, readied myself to plant the mighty spear right between his eyes and right into his brain. The harpoon shot from my arm, traveling at light speed. It flew a short distance and pierced the skull of this huge, manic beast. In it went, inches, then feet. Then it all but disappeared into the glistening gray skin of my mighty enemy. Well, if old Joe didn't let out a shriek that made my legs go limp, I knew right away that I was the victor in this battle. His eyes slowly closed as he sank back into the water. As he sank, the steel-reinforced rope suddenly became taut and snapped my leg against the deck rail. Of course, the rope couldn't be cut. The pain was excruciating, I have to tell you. I couldn't move, trapped against the railing of the lazy tuna. I realized rather quickly that my only options were to let the rope sever the bottom half of my leg or let the weight of the whale pull me through the railing and into the murky deep waters. I called out for Amico, bring me the bottle of whiskey in the cabin. He ran toward me with horror in his eyes and started to drink the whiskey. I yelled, Amico, that's for me. Give me the bottle. I gotta dull the pain. I'm losing my leg for crying out loud. Brace me so I don't go overboard. I grabbed the bottle, downed as much drink as I could in a few fleeting seconds. With Amico's help, I braced myself for the worst. The railing was suddenly torn away, along with it, part of my leg. I blacked out and didn't regain consciousness until the next morning. When I woke up, I had little recollection of what had happened the night before. Amico, who had a whale of a nasty hangover, no pun intended, 
had to fill me in. He tightly wrapped my severed leg in a tarp so I wouldn't bleed to death and proceeded to finish the bottle of whiskey and pass out on the deck with me. There we lay, a sailor who lost his leg, saved by a drunken sailor. It was a bond that would never be broken. And that, my friend, is the story of the Great Ocean Compromise, when I gave up my leg to get away. By the way, the fish came back after old Joe was gone, and the local fishermen were able to get back to doing what they do best. Life returned to normal or what appears to be normal. Yeah, and Shock was our island hero. From that day on, he was known as Shock the Whaler. Um story. Bro, I can't believe it. The meeting breaks up, and Colin, somewhat dazed by the story he has just heard, leaves the boys to return later that day. When he returns, they hammer out the details of their contract, where they would all walk away with a nice piece of the pirate's swag pie. So they make a plan and plot a course to hopefully find Yolanda and the buried treasure. Find out what happens next in their client's search to find buried treasure in part two of Pirate Ancestors, right here on the Whalen Rat Detectives.